Hey there, this is Nathan Agan, and welcome to the Working Actors Journey, connecting you with lifelong professionals. This podcast is designed to show you how the work is done, what the realities of the working actor life are like, and to share all the different ways actors have come to this career. There is no one path and no single answer. We want to learn from all of those further down the road to shorten the learning curve and to discover what helps and what doesn't when it comes to having a lifelong career as an actor. Now, for today's episode, we're bringing you part two of the repertory workshop featuring Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. As I mentioned last episode, this was an immense project. We had a company of six actors, half professional and half younger and or newer, who met twice a week for seven weeks to work on four different scenes. Everyone played at least two characters, and they worked with two different directors. What continues to be really amazing about all these workshops is that even the pros get to work on parts they might not have otherwise. It's truly a win-win for everyone. And if you listen to part one of Repertory, you'll hear these actors playing all new characters today. Last time we heard two scenes directed by Brendan Fox from Acts 1 and 2, and today we have Act 3, Scene 1, and Act 3, Scene 4, both directed by Elizabeth Swain. In the first scene, Viola, as Cesario, is on her way to see Olivia and encounters first the fool Festy and then Sir Toby and Sir Andrew. Olivia, meeting Cesario, sends the others away and declares her love. Then in our second scene, Malvolio, who, according to the mischievous letter he received, is dressed with yellow stockings and is smiling grotesquely, appearing before an astonished Olivia. Thinking him insane, Olivia puts him in the care of Sir Toby, who decides to treat him as a madman by having him bound and put in a dark room. Toby also decides to deliver Sir Andrew's challenge to Cesario in person in order to force the two of them into a duel. Terrified, they prepare to fight. And if all this sounds like something you would like to do to be part of our workshops, we have just opened enrollment for our next online workshop for February 2022 in the rehearsal room. It's a comedy of manner scene with our director from last episode, Brendan Fox. As an actor, you can work with him, dramaturg Philippa Kelly, and voice coach Ursula Meyer, along with professional actors, on a scene from Hannah Cowley's play, The Bell's Stratagem. Or join us in the virtual audience to watch all the work live or on replay. We have limited spots for actors, and registration to be in the scene closes Sunday, January 23rd. Find out all the details at workingactorsjourney.com slash rehearsal dash room. You can also catch up on and check out our previous workshops featuring professional actors and directors in Hamlet, King Lear, Troilus and Cressida, Midsummer, Julius Caesar, As You Like It, and more, all on the podcast and YouTube. And don't forget about all the amazing interviews with 25-plus professional working actors. Each one has such a fascinating story and lots of wisdom and advice to share. Go to workingactorsjourney.com to find links to everything. Okay, back to today's episode. Our cast includes, for Act 3, Scene 1, Festy is played by Garrett Botts, Viola is played by Sarah Mountjoy Pepka, Olivia is played by Michelle Schultz, Sir Toby is played by Jamal Douglas, and Sir Andrew by Janet Greaves. 
Then in Act 3, Scene 4, we have a switch with the two actors playing Viola and Olivia. Viola is now being played by Michelle Schultz, and Olivia is being played by Sarah Mountjoy Pepka. Mariah is being played by Erica Ralsrud. Both Malvolio and Sir Andrew are played by Janet Greaves. Sir Toby is being played by Jamal Douglas, and Fabian is played by Garrett Botts. The pros include Janet, who worked with the Peter Hall Company, and Erica and Jamal, who both graduated from the MFA program at the Old Globe USD and have worked on Broadway, in New York, and regionally. As I mentioned last time, and this part is no different, this group all did such excellent work. It was so much fun to see how each of them explored so many different characters and imbued them all with such personality, not only finding the personality of each character, him or herself, but made them each their own. You can really see each actor imbuing their parts with themselves. And you can really hear the actors having so much fun with this. Now, our dramaturgs for repertory were Gideon Rappaport and Philippa Kelly, and the voice coaches were Ursula Meyer and Scott Ferrara. You can find Q&As with Gideon, Ursula, and Scott all on the podcast. And our director, Elizabeth Swain, is back after directing scenes from As You Like It and Richard III in the rehearsal room, which you'll find on the podcast and on YouTube. Liz is an actor and director who has taught at Cal Arts and is a professor emerita at Marymount Manhattan College, and she studied at Shakespeare's Globe in London. Once again, just like with the last part, you are in for a lot of fantastic discussion and even more first-rate work from this group. I am very grateful to Liz and Brendan for bringing up this idea in the first place to do something like repertory and being willing to take this ride. I am so glad we did. So without further ado, here we go with the part two repertory presentation of Twelfth Night from May 2021. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, we can get started. If anyone else uh, shows up late, I'll, I'll bring them in. But uh, again, thank you so much for, for being here. My name is Nathan Agin. Uh, I am the host and producer of The Working Actor's Journey. And over the last year, we started doing these uh, workshops, and they've evolved into different uh, formats and, and structures. And, and this is another uh, experiment in that vein. So uh, what you're going to see tonight is what we've been calling repertory. And uh, it's been one company of actors uh, it's a bit of a take on repertory theater with some, you know, modifications. So it's one company of six actors, uh, and they have been working on four t- different scenes from Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. And they've been working on two scenes with one director and two scenes with another director, which is uh, the Thursday session, uh, if you attend for that. And uh, the actors have been playing all different parts within those four scenes. So it gives a little bit of a feel uh, as an actor what it would be like to work with other actors in a different context, to work with uh, directors on, you know, different material, but in this case, the same material. So you get different perspectives, different ways of looking at it. Uh, and it's been really uh, exciting uh, for me to kind of sit in and uh, observe and, and hear the process um, as they've been exploring uh, these scenes quite in depth. Uh, over the past six weeks. Um, as I've said in our, our previous sections where we've done one scene over four weeks, and this is uh, two, you know, four scenes over seven weeks, uh, this is a luxury for, for all the artists. Uh, you know, we've also had dramaturgs and voice coaches involved. And to have this amount of time to work on the material has, has 
just been phenomenal. And, and I was just joking that I figured at maybe week three or four, everybody would get tired and there would be nothing else to talk about. And I wouldn't be surprised if they could probably go another couple weeks, uh, t- you know, working on these scenes. Uh, they're that rich and there's that much to be explored. So, um, and, uh, I will tease that at the very end, I have a, I have an exciting announcement about what is coming up next, uh, kind of the next program that we're going to be, uh, doing as, as part of all these online things. So I hope you stick around for that to hear about that. Um, but, uh, again, that's it for me. I'm going to turn it over to the director for the uh, Monday sessions, Elizabeth Swain. And, uh, thank you very much, Liz. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Um, I've been told I should probably clue you in on what has happened in the play so far because everybody doesn't necessarily know Twelfth Night Backwards. So, a young woman called Viola has been separated from her twin brother in a terrible shipwreck. She uh, lands in Illyria. She disguises herself as a boy called Cesario and now works for Duke Orsino who happens to be besotted with a woman called Olivia, Countess Olivia. She rejects him because she is in deep mourning for her brother and her father, which she plans to do for seven years. So you can see she's really pulling a number here. Um, Viola's job is to woo Olivia on Orsino's behalf. Meanwhile, she is falling totally in love with Orsino herself, but dutifully goes to woo Olivia who because becomes totally besotted with her, believing her to be a boy, Cesario. Viola, when in the scene we're going to see now, Viola is on her way to her second meeting with Olivia. And, uh, you know, perhaps, and on her way, she bumps into Feste. Feste is Olivia's court jester fool. He sings a lot. He's very musical. And uh, he seems to do a little... Um, moonlighting because she's also seen him at at uh, Orsino's court. So anyway, they have this encounter while she's on her way. Um, we will also in this section meet Sir Toby, Toby Belch, who is Olivia's uncle, and he has a friend called Sir Andrew Aguecheek. He is also a wooer, would-be wooer of Olivia. Uh, not much hope of that happening, but you'll see. Um, so now let's begin. This is actually Act 3, Scene 1. So uh, let's have the actors on. And they're going to, by the way, they'll be playing different parts in the next scene. So I'll, it's very, so don't get muddled. We have to get them to introduce themselves and who they're playing in this part of the scene. Hi. Go ahead. I'll, I'll say who because you won't. You're going to mother Garrett. Tell everyone who you are. I will be playing Festy in this first scene. Okay, Sarah. I'm playing Viola in this scene, disguised as Cesario. Michelle, you're on mute, which won't be good. <laughs> I'm playing Lady Olivia. Jamal. Uh, Jamal Douglas reading for Sir Toby. And Janet. I'm Janet Greaves, and I'm reading Sir Andrew A. Guccic. Terrific. So anytime you want to go, you're on. I will go away. Save thee, friend, and thy music. 
Dost thou live by thy tabor? No, sir, I live by the church. Art thou a churchman? Such matters, sir. I do live by the church, for I do live in my house, and my house doth stand by the church. <laughs> so thou mayst say the king lies by a beggar, if a beggar dwell near him. Or the church stands by thy tabor, if thy tabor stand by the church. You have said, sir. <laughs> to see this age... A sentence is but a chevril glove to a good wit. How quickly the wrong side may be turned outward. Nay, that's certain. They that dally nicely with words may quickly make them wanton. I would, therefore, my sister had had no name, sir. Why, man? Why, sir, her name's a word. And to dally with that word might make my sister wanton. But indeed, words are very rascals since bonds disgrace them. By reason, man? Oh, sir, I can yield you none without words. And words are grown so false, I am loath to prove reason with them. I warrant thou art a merry fellow and carest for nothing. Not so, sir, I do care for something. But in my conscience, sir, I do not care for you, if that be to care for nothing, sir. I would it would make you invisible. Art not thou the Lady Olivia's fool? No, indeed, sir. The Lady Olivia has no folly. She will keep no fool, sir, till she be married, and fools are as like husbands as pilchers are to herrings. The husband's the bigger. I'm indeed not her fool, but her corrupter of words. I saw thee late at the Count Orsino's. Foolery, sir, does walk about the orb like the sun. It shines everywhere. I would be sorry, sir, but the fool should be as oft with your master as with my mistress. I think I saw your wisdom there. Nay, and thou pass upon me. I'll know more of thee. Hold. There's expenses for thee. Now, Jove, in his next commodity of hair, send thee a beard. By my troth, I'll tell thee I am almost sick for one. Though I would not have it grow on my chin. <clears throat> Is thy lady within? Would not a pair of these have bread, sir? Yes, being kept together and put to use. <laughs> I would play Lord Pandarus of Phrygia, sir, to bring a Cressida to this Troilus. I understand you, sir. <clears throat> Tis well begged. The matter, I hope, is not great, sir. Begging, but a beggar. Cressida was a beggar. Huh. My lady is within, sir. I will conster to them whence you come. Who you are and what you would are out of my welkin. I might say element, but the word is overworn. This fellow is wise enough to play the fool. And to do that well craves a kind of wit. He must observe their mood on whom he jests, the quality of the persons, and the time, and like the haggard, check at every feather that comes before his eye. This is a practice as full of labor as a wise man's art. For folly that he wisely shows is fit. But wise men, folly fallen, quite taint their wit. Oh. Dave, you gentlemen. And you, sir. To vous garder, monsieur. 
Et vous aussi votre serviteur. I hope so you are, and I am yours. Will you encounter the house? My niece's desire is you should enter, if your trade be to her. I am bound to your niece, sir. I mean, she is the list of my voyage. Taste your legs, sir. Put them to motion. My legs better do understand me, sir, than I understand what you mean by bidding me taste my legs. I mean to go, sir, to enter. I will answer you with gates and entrance. But we are prevented. Most excellent, accomplished lady, the heavens rain odors on you. That youth's a rare courtier. Rain odors? My mother hath no voice, lady, but to your most pregnant and vouchsafed ear. Odors pregnant and vouchsafed? I'll get them all three already. Let the garden door be shut and leave me to my hearing. Give me your hand, sir. Uh, my duty, madam, and most humble service. What is your name? Cesario is your servant's name, fair princess. My servant, sir. <laughs> Twas never merry world since lowly feigning was called compliment. Your servant to the Count Orsino, youth. And he is yours, and his must needs be yours. Your servant's servant is your servant, madam. For him, I think not on him. For his thoughts, but they were blanks rather than filled with me. Madam, I come to whet your gentle thoughts on his behalf. Oh, by your leave, I pray you. I bade you never speak again of him. But would you undertake another suit? I had rather hear you to solicit that than music from the spheres. Dear lady. Give me leave, beseech you. I did send, after the last enchantment you did hear, a ring in chase of you. So did I abuse myself, my servant, and I fear me you. <sighs> Under your hard construction must I sit to force that on you in a shameful cunning which you knew none of yours. What might you think? Have you not set mine honor at the stake and baited it with all the unmuzzled thoughts the tyrannous heart can think? To one of your receiving, enough is shown. A cypress, not a bosom, hides my heart. So let me hear you speak. I pity you. Not a degree to love. No, not a grise. For tis vulgar proof that very oft we pity enemies. Why then? Methinks tis time to smile again. Oh, world, how apt the poor are to be proud. If one should be a prey, how much the better to fall before the lion than the wolf. <laughs> the clock upbraids me with the waste of time. Be not afraid, good youth. I will not have you. And yet, when wit and youth is come to harvest, your wife is like to reap a proper man. There lies your way due west. <laughs> Westward ho! Uh, grace and good disposition attend your ladyship. 
You'll nothing, madam, to my lord by me. Stay, I prithee, tell me what thou thinkst of me. That you do think you are not what you are. If I think so, I think the same of you. Then you think right. I am not what I am. I would you were as I would have you be. Would it be better, madam, than I am? I wish it might, for now I am your fool. Oh, what a deal of scorn looks beautiful in the contempt and anger of his lip. A murderous guilt shows not itself more soon than love that would seem hid. Love's night is noon. Cesario, by the roses of the spring, by mayhood, honor, truth, and everything, I love thee so that maugre all thy pride, nor wit nor reason can my passion hide. Do not extort thy reasons from this clause, for that I woo, thou therefore hast no cause. But rather reason thus with reason fetter. Love sought is good, but given unsought is better. By my innocence, I swear, and by my youth, I have one heart, one bosom, and one truth, and that no woman has nor never none shall mistress be of it, save I alone. And so adieu, good madam, nevermore will I my master's tears to you deplore. Yet come again, for thou perhaps mayst move that heart which now abhors to like his love. That's the scene. Okay, so take a breather and get, and then we'll switch characters. We're doing a lot of character switching now. I don't think you don't want notes now, do you? Of course you don't. Um, so let's do let's do the next scene. So um, the next scene uh, is take is it's very soon after the main thing that has happened before this scene takes place is that they have really sorted out that you need to know that um, there has been a letter that was supposedly sent by Olivia for um, Malvolio to pick up, which he did. And he believes it's from Olivia. Of course it's not. It was written by Mariah. And um, he believes from this letter that, his future is now going to be with Olivia. So we have that with the result of that. And, um, and then because, um, Sir Andrew has overheard that this young man, Cesario, is wooing Olivia. He completely gets that wrong too. He writes a, a challenge to a duel to him. So that is what's going to also come up, um, in this section we're going to see now. So, who's playing what? Tell us. So, Erica, who are you playing? I will be playing Mariah. Okay. And, and Michelle, who are you playing this time? And this time I'm playing Viola. Yes, yeah, so don't be confused. And uh, so, Sarah, who are you playing? I've swapped with Michelle, and now <clears throat> I am playing Olivia. Okay, so again, don't be confused. Um, Garrett, who are you playing? I will be playing Fabian. Okay. And Jamal? I'm the same old guy. Sir, same old guy. Okay. <laughs> and Janet? 
I'm playing Malvolio. As well as? Sir Andrew, of course, yeah. He's doing a double act. the same scene, double right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're very versatile. This is wonderful. Okay. Are you, are you ready to plunge in? Let's plunge, people. Yeah, let's do it. Let's plunge. I have sent after him. He says he'll come. How shall I feast him? What bestow of him? For youth is bought more often begged or borrowed. <laughs> I speak too loud. Where's Malvolio? He is sad and civil and suits well for a servant with my fortunes. Where's Malvolio? He's coming, madam, but in very strange manner. He is sure possessed, madam. Why, what's the matter? Does he rave? No, madam, he does nothing but smile. Your ladyship were best to have some guard about you if he come, for sure the man is tainted in his wits. Go call him hither. I am as mad as he, if sad and merry madness equal be. How now, Malvolio? Sweet lady, ho, ho. Smilest thou? I sent for thee upon a sad occasion. Sad lady? You could be sad. This does make some obstruction of the blood, this cross-dartering. But what of that? If it please the eye of one, it is me as the very true son it is. Please one and please all. Why, how dost thou, man? What is the matter with thee? Not black in my mind, though yellow in my legs. It did come to his hand, and command shall be executed. I think we do know the sweet Roman hand. Wilt thou go to bed, Malvolio? To bed? Ay, sweetheart, and I'll come to thee. God, comfort thee. Why dost thou smile so, and kiss thy hand so oft? How do you, Malvolio? At your request, <laughs> yes, Nightingale's answer doors. Why appear you with this ridiculous boldness before my lady? Be not afraid of greatness. Tours well read. What meanst thou by that, Malvolio? Some are born great. Huh? Some achieve greatness. What sayest thou? And some have greatness thrust upon them. Oh, heaven restore thee! Remember who commended thy yellow stockings? Thy yellow stockings? And wished to see thee cross-gartered. Cross-gartered? Go to, thou art made if thou desirest to be so. Am I made? If not, let me see thee a servant still. Why? This is very midsummer madness. Madam, the young gentleman of the Count Orsino's is returned. I, I could hardly entreat him back. He attends your ladyship's pleasure. No, I'll come to him. Good Mariah, let this fellow be looked to. 
Where's my cousin Toby? Let some of my people have a special care of him. I would not have him miscarry for the half of my dowry. Oh, oh. Do you come near me now? No worse man than Sir Toby to look to me. This concurs directly with the letter. She sends him on purpose that I may appear stubborn to him, for she incites me to that in the letter. Cast thy humble slough, says she, be opposite with a kinsman, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang with arguments of state, put thyself into the trick of singularity, and consequently sets down the manner how, as a sad face, a reverend carriage, a slow tongue, in the habit of some sort of note, and so forth. <laughs> I have limed <laughs> But it is Jove's doing, and Jove make me thankful. And when she went away now, let this fellow be looked to. Fellow, not Malvolio, nor after my degree, but fellow, everything get years together, but no dram of a scruple, no scruple of a scruple, no obstacle, no incredulous or unsafe circumstance, what can be said? Nothing that can be can come between me and the full prospect of my hopes. Well, Jove, not I, is the doer of this, and he is to be thanked. Which way is he in the name of sanctity? If the devils of hell be drawn in little, and Legion himself possessed him, yet I'll speak to him. Here he is. Here he is. I was with you, sir. I was with you, man. Go off. I discard you. Let me enjoy my private. Go off! Lo, how all of the fiend speaks within him. Did not I tell you, Sir Toby, my lady prays you to have a care of him. Ha uh-huh. ha. Does she so? Go to, go to. Peace, peace. We must deal gently with him. Let me alone. How do you, Malvolio? How is with you? What, man, defy the devil. Consider he's an enemy to mankind. Do you know what you say? Lie you, and he speak ill of the devil, how he takes it at heart. Pray God he be not bewitched. Carry his water to the wise woman. Oh, Mary, and it shall be done tomorrow morning if I live. My lady would not lose him for more than I'll say. How now, mistress? Oh, Lord! Prithee, hold thy peace. This is not the way. Do you not see you move him? Let me alone with him. No way but gentleness. Gently, gently. The fiend is rough and will not be roughly used. Why, how now, my barcock? How dost thou, Chuck? Sir, 
Ay, Biddy, come with me. What, man? Tis not for gravity to play a cherry pit with Satan. Hang him, foul collier. Get him to say his prayers, sir, sir good Toby. Go, good sir Toby, get him to pray. My prayers, minx. No, I warrant you, he will not hear of godliness. Oh, go hang yourself, Saul. You are idle, shallow things. I am not of your element. You shall know more hereafter. <laughs> if this were played upon a stage now, I could condemn it as an improbable fiction. <laughs> very genius hath taken the infection of the device, man. Hey, pursue him now, lest the device take air and taint. Why, we shall make him mad indeed. The house will be the quieter. Come. We'll have him in a dark room and bound. My niece is already in the belief that he's mad. We may carry it thus for our pleasure and his penance till our very pastime, tired out of breath, prompt us to have mercy on him. At which time we will bring the device to the bar and crown thee for a finder of madmen. But see, but see. More matter for a May morning. Here's the challenge. Read it. I warrant. There's vinegar and pepper in it. Is it so saucy? Aye, is I warrant him. Do but read. Give me. Youth, whatsoever thou art, thou art but a scurvy fellow. Good and valiant. Mm. Wonder not, nor admire not in thy mind why I do call thee so. For I will show thee no reason for it. A good note that keeps you from the blow of the law. Thou comest to the Lady Olivia in my sight, she uses thee kindly. But thou liest in thy throat, that is not the matter I challenge thee for. Very brief, and to exceeding good sense. Bless. I will waylay thee going home, where if it be by chance to kill me... Good... Thou killst me like a rogue and a villain. Still you keep at the windy side of the law. Good. Fare thee well, and God have mercy upon one of our souls. He may have mercy upon mine, but my hope is better. And so look to thyself, thy friend, as thou usest him, and thy sworn enemy, Andrew Aguecheek. If this letter move him not, his legs cannot. I'll give it him. You may have very fit occasion for it. He is now in some commerce with my lady and will by and by depart. Go, Sir Andrew. Scout me for him at the corner of the orchard like a bum belly. So soon as ever thou seest him, draw. And as thou drawst, swear horrible. For it comes to pass off that a terrible oath with a swaggering accent sharply twanged off gives manhood more approbation than ever proof itself would have earned him. Away. Nay, let me alone for swearing. Now will not I deliver this letter, for the behavior of the young gentleman gives him out to be of good capacity in breeding. His employment between his lord and my niece confirms no less. Therefore, this letter, being so 
excellently ignorant will breed no terror in the youth. He will find it comes from a clawed pole. But, sir, I will deliver his challenge by word of mouth. Set upon Ague Cheek a notable report of valor and drive the gentleman, as I know his youth will aptly receive it, into a most hideous opinion of his rage, skill, fury, and impetuosity. <laughs> this will so fright them both that they will kill one another by the look like cockatrices. Here he comes with your niece. Give them way till you take leave, and presently after him. I will meditate the while upon some hard message for the challenge. I've said too much unto a heart of stone and laid mine honor to Uncharyont. There's something in me that reproves my fault, but such a headstrong, potent fault it is that it but mocks reproof. Same behavior that your passion bears goes on my master's griefs. Here, wear this jewel for me. Tis my picture. Refuse it not. It has no tongue to vex you. And I beseech you, come again tomorrow. What shall you ask of me that I'll deny that honor saved may upon asking give? Nothing but this, your true love for my master. How with mine honor may I give him that which I have given to you? I will acquit you. Well, come again tomorrow. Fare thee well. A fiend like thee might bear my soul to hell. Gentlemen, God save thee. And you, sir. That defense thou hast, but take thee to it. Of what nature the wrongs are thou hast done him, I know not. But thy interceptor, full of despite, bloody as the hunter, attends thee at the orchard and dismount thy tuck. Be ere in thy preparation, for thy assailant is quick, skillful, and deadly. You mistake, sir. I am sure no man hath any quarrel to me. My remembrance is is very free and clear from any image of offense done to any man. You'll find it otherwise, I assure you. Therefore, if you hold your life at any price, but take you to your guard, for your opposite hath in him what youth, strength, skill, and wrath can furnish man withal. I pray you, sir, what is he? He is a knight dubbed with unhatched rapier and on carpet consideration. But he is a devil in private brawl. Souls and bodies have he divorced three. And his incensement at this moment is so implacable that satisfaction can be none but by the pangs of death and <laughs> sepulchre. Hobnob is his word. Give it or take it. I will return again into the house and desire some conduct of the lady. I am no fighter. I have heard of some kind of men that put poor quarrels purposely on others to, to taste their valor. But like this is a man of that quirk. Sir, no. His indignation derives itself out of a very competent injury. Therefore, get you on and give him his desire. Back you shall not to the house unless you undertake that with me, which with as much safety you might answer him. Therefore, on. Or strip your sword stark naked for metal you must, that's certain. Or forswear to wear iron about you. This is as uncivil as strange. I beseech you, do me this courteous office as to know of the knight what my offense to him is. It is something of my negligence, nothing of my purpose. 
I will do so, Senor Fabian. I will do so. Senor Fabian, stay you by this gentleman to my return. Pray you, sir. Do you know of this matter? I know the knight is incensed against you, even to a mortal abitrament, but nothing of the circumstance more. <sighs> I beseech you, what manner of man is he? Nothing of that wonderful promise, to read him by his form, as you are like to find him in the most proof of his valor. He is indeed, sir, the most skillful, bloody, and fatal opposite that you could possibly have found in any part of Illyria. Will you walk towards him? I will make obese with him if I can. Oh, oh, I shall be much bound to you for it. I am one that had rather go with Sir Priest than Sir Knight. I care not who knows so much of my medal. Why, man, he's the very devil. I have not seen such a farrago. I had a pass with him, rapier, scabbard, and all, and he gives me the stuck in with such a mortal motion that it is inevitable. And on the answer, he pays you as surely as your feet hits the ground they step on. Oh. They say he has been fencer to the Sophie. Pox on I'll not meddle with him. Aye, but he will not now be pacified. Fabian can scarce hold him yonder. Please, aunt. And I thought he had been valiant and so cunning in fence. I'd have seen him damn dead. I'd have challenged him. Let him let the matter slip and I'll give him my horse, Greek Capulet. I'll make the motion. Stand here. Make a good show, aunt. <laughs> this shall end without the perdition of souls. <sighs> Mary, I'll ride your horse as well as I'll ride you. <laughs> I have his horse to take up the quarrel. I have persuaded him the youth's the devil. He is as horribly conceited of him and pants and looks pale as if a bear were at his heels. <laughs> There's no remedy, sir. He will fight with you for his oath's sake, Mary. He hath better bethought him of his quarrel, and he finds that now scarce to be worth talking of. Ooh. Therefore, draw for the supportance of his vow. He protests he will not hurt you. Pray God defend me. A little thing would make me tell them how much I lack of a man. Give ground if you see him furious. <laughs> Come, Sir Andrew, there's no remedy. The gentleman will, for his honor's sake, have one bout with you. He cannot by the duello avoid it. But he has promised me he is a gentleman and a soldier. He will not hurt you. Oh. Come on, do it. Pray God he keep his oath. I do assure you, tis against my will. Uh. <laughs> There we are. So we lost Janet at the end. What happened to Janet? Your video went at the end. Did I do that old chestnut of put, not putting my camera on again? <laughs> well, no, it was on, and then it went off. You, you, oh. you did right before, right before the knives. Oh dear, I'm sorry. Scared yourself right off the screen. Yeah. Oh. You know that's so funny that we did them both in 40 minutes because it used to take us. 
40 minutes to get through the first two pages. <laughs> so how do you feel about it all? I'm feeling good. I feel like I had some speed where I can like split the difference of the speed so I can stay on the thoughts and be clear of the separations of thoughts. I was realizing like, oh, I'm running through an end stop with momentum. And so I'm being aware of the pacing and making sure that each thought is clear as we go along the storytelling and also the freshness of thoughts. I'm still working on the reading of the letter. I realized what I run into is I'm reading the letter, but then I'm not looking at the room. And so I don't know where people are and where to play the thing. And, you know, and so... Just being yeah, aware you know, of that. I, I sort of actually wanted to see the letter because I, I know you had one, but I couldn't see it. And I, I thought, well, that would be for next time round was let me see you actually see at the top of the letter would be good, would be cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Any other thoughts from anyone else? The, the first scene, um, I, I, I can't even be sure I said all the lines. <laughs> um, I, I was trying, I was trying to be a, a, a little, not to rush so that the thoughts and the, and the, and the ideas would land. By the second scene, I really felt warmed up. And so I, 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 I and it was, it was so much fun to play, but they're both, they're both so beautiful. They're both so beautiful, but I, I, I did need, I think one scene to really warm up. So how did you feel about then the characters? I mean, you played both Olivia and Viola, which is, which is lucky. That's wonderful. Oh yeah. Oh, they're, they're both so, so terrific. Um, I, I, I really love Olivia. I'd always thought of myself as, as a Viola when I was younger. Um, fortunately never got a chance to play her, but, um, now that I've done this, Olivia is so, rich a character because she just has this great presentation self and the thing is that what she is underneath is so different from this 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 you know morning great lady and and to be and to have that be able to just sort of spurt out one of my favorite things to do is that is that thing where she really lets it loose and says Cesario, by all the roses of the spring, by me to an honor tree. And, and, and that is, that is just so, so, so delicious to have that arc from, from, you know, let the garden door be shut and leave me to my hearing to, you know, (laughs) that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, that's the wonderful thing is that you suddenly burst into rhyming verse at that moment. Yes. Which is, you know, uh, sometimes we don't pay attention to that transition so much from prose to verse, verse to verse to rhyming verse, which is what you do. And I mean, and I think, uh, why would you say that that happens? We talked a little bit about it in one of the rehearsals. Oh, uh, it certainly, it certainly heightens the, um, the, the emotion when you go into the rhyme. That yes, makes, I think it's the this it has this the other way around. You're not heightening the emotion. The emotion is heightening you. Heightening the okay. yeah okay yeah yeah and but and it, yeah and and and, uh, and and so you start bursting out in 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 verse and and such beautiful verse. I mean, um, I yeah I just I just love doing that 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 scene and that yeah, character it's, it's a wonderful and then, moment because then you actually 
tell her you love her. I mean, yes. you, him. Uh, and that's so wonderful that it is done in this heightened, heightened language. Right. And then, but what's interesting is that Viola picks up on the rhymes too. Mm. She, she, why do you think Viola goes to the rhymes when, when we've just had this torrent of rhymes from Olivia? Can I answer that? Is that okay? Yes, that's the question. Yeah, that's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Viola is a master at um, observation, and if somebody's going to speak in rhyme to her, she's going to note it and go, "Oh, is this how we're communicating now? Fine, then I will match you, and I will be better than you at it. If that's the only way to get through to you, if that's the state of mind you're in, then I'm going to find you in that state of mind and attempt to communicate with you." She's such a clear. Do you think she's that conscious because she doesn't have that many? If it's an unconscious thing, what's going on? I just, you know, either way, we would in rehearsal. We could yeah, play. if it's unconscious, I wonder. We if could have that... many more rehearsals, you see. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, you know, if it's unconscious, I wonder if it's a woman to woman thing. I wonder if you know she really exposes herself there, and it's her best attempt to go. Listen, lady, I'm also a lady. Let me let me try to get to you, woman to woman, in a way that I I'm clearly not getting to you as Cesario. So there's a, there's like a next plane that she locks into there. I mean, it's, it's a similar thing. You're, you're still just totally heightened. You're, you're off the charts. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scene, you've had it. She's told you all this stuff. She's not listened to anything you had to say. So she, she bursts this stuff out and you just, this is it, lady. And you go. I think it's, it's, it's a, it's the other a, thing is that, is that Viola is like the ultimate chameleon, the ultimate adapter. Yes. So. She is somebody who, who oh, I think almost unconsciously picks up on cues and adapts herself to the situation that she finds in. Fine, are we in the, are we in, in rhyming couplets? I can be there. You can be there. So, Erica, how are you with, with your Mariah? Of course, you, you have uh, a whole other character in the, on the Thursday sessions, but. Well, I, I, I was, uh, I've been watching too many of the Olympic trials because I felt like a hurdler that hit the, hit the hurdles on the run. <laughs> I apologize for popping in too early and just boom, boom, boom. Um, it, it's been a challenge to do, to, like we talked, we talked about this in rehearsal to be the person on the stage who carries the knowledge and has the reaction face without stepping forward or being broad about it. But she's written the letter. She wrote the letter. So to get that reflection back, but to be smart enough to be the actor, to know how to play Olivia and Malvolio to exact her revenge is very, it's an interesting balance to do with the camera just right there. Um, on, on stage, I'd feel much more like free about it in terms of, uh, the subtlety of it and the, the obligation to it is just very different in front of the camera. No, I get that. It's a different obligation. It's, but yeah, I have, to, I do have to say, um, I haven't seen the first scene in a while and I was just so, I, it was so wonderful. Y'all, it was just so beautiful. I'm, I'm really was blown away by the work. Really, congratulations! It was great. It's like, it's like a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. So, Garrett, so you have your double Feste Fabian, your the double Fs. How are they? 
Uh, good. Yeah, I, uh, it's, it's, sorry, my computer is being real weird right now. Um, yeah, I think this time, uh, particularly with the, uh, with three, four, this was the first time that I just kind of, like, you know, we did, we did all the work, we did all the notes, and I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna follow, follow the ride and see where this, this takes it. And this was the first time that that, that particular scene was just, it was just so much fun. Like, I was just imagining what that would have been like, uh, on stage and just seeing the antics of these, these characters, but living that, uh, experience emotionally through it, uh, it was, it was a blast. Uh, so much fun to just kind of like be the, to try and capture the innocence of each moment as if it was the first time. Um, you know, Festi for me is a really, uh, I, I've never played a, uh, it's been a while since I've played any fools and never one this smart. There's just so much that, that is there with each line. There's so many double meanings and subtextual things, uh, that are just really fascinating. Um, one that always gets me is the not so sir. I do care for something, but in my conscience, sir, I do not care for you. That, that line just like, it kind of percolates a lot. I don't know if it's like a, one of those things where it's like, he actually got his feelings hurt and he's hiding it. Uh, you know, it's just, there's just so much with him. Well, you, you got it. Um, you know, it's sort of, I've got, I've made hardly any notes. So what the hell? So Janet, tell me about your double act. Mm. Oh, such a joy. <laughs> I mean, two great comedy characters, right? And, um, very different. Um, it was great. I mean, the, the, the real challenge, I had two challenges that I felt with Malvolio and they were obviously trying to build the right momentum in the monologue. And, and I feel like, ah, oh, just working on it today, the whole, you know, he mentions the Jove twice and that was a real grounder and it kind of helped me, um, get the momentum right. It's Jove that brings him back, brings him back to the groundedness of, you know, he's been this Puritan all his life. It's a little bit like it struck me today, like Olivia has the lid lifted off her, right? When Cesario arrives, this house of mourning that's been going on forever, he receives this letter and it's this very similar effect. He's yeah. suddenly gone into this. And then you think, but Jove, don't forget Jove, you know, <laughs> let's not forget. I enjoyed playing with that today. I must say, um, obviously I kind of like, I, I miss having the interaction with people in real time. Always. That's never going to go away. I miss the eye contact. Me too. And, and, and particularly in that, in that scene, obviously I'm, I, it's a monologue, so I don't, I don't need it, but definitely the eye contact in scenes like Sir Andrew and Sir Toby is, is perfect. It really helps to see how he's painting this picture of um, Cesario. Um, but the scene I had the most difficulty with today in particular was the, um, um, the kind of the gulling of Malvolio with um, Mariah Toby. And I mean, it's a tiny scene at the end um it's trickier than I realized. There's there's more in that. that that's the one where you absented yourself from Felicity, is it? That very end bit. Where we lost no, you. No, 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 no. When when they are saying, What's wrong, man? The devil be within you with oh, Malvolio. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And um I feel that that's pretty 
tricky to do, not on stage, really, mm. really hard to kind of maintain what you're hearing, what you're not. But I mean, it's it's all technical stuff, right? But I, I felt I missed a few things in that. But that's rehearsal, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, get what? It would be interesting. I was just uh, sitting here thinking as we were, ta- were talking about the differences being being able to like I can imagine the structure on stage of being able to sneak a glance to the boys when we're going right. and things like that. But it would be interesting to mix rehearsals with the occasional Zoom rehearsal in with the on stage to sort of sort of shake an actor's scope into this. Just to see how it would inform consciously or unconsciously what ends up being on the stage physically. It, I, I just, it just struck me as, as an interesting idea going forward now that we've been forced into this sort mm-hmm. of, uh, idea of rehearsing things on camera that we usually do on stage. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I think you, you get to see each other's faces in ways that you, you wouldn't on stage sometimes. And sometimes you can sneak a peek and say, Oh, that's what he's doing. Um, but, um, and then you hold on to it. So it would be nice then to, to, to mix it, mix it up a bit. Do you have, uh, Jamal, you didn't say a lot at the beginning. So did, did you have anything more to add? I don't. <laughs> I had a good oh, okay. time. You have to. I, I just no, didn't, no, I I think, just, just didn't oh, want no, to be. Oh, I, I'm having a good time though, because you know, from this experience, Sir Toby is a character that I wouldn't get the chance to play actually on stage today. And so it's kind of fun to like be in my body and to envision him as, you know, through me and through this scope, you know, through this lens. And so it's been a fun ride to like see what's different, what's similar, what comes from me and my culture that I feel like rubs with this dude and then where there's some distance. And then, you know, how that with all of us as actors, our life comes into like the character sometimes. And it's like a clashing. It's like, this isn't me. This is me. And then you find like, wait, hold on. This is my dad. I feel so my grandfather. <laughs> you know, start to feel some of those nuances. And so it's been a fun ride to play as something that I haven't had the opportunity to do before. I have never had a chance, even in training in school, to play a Sir Toby Bell's type character. Um, mm-hmm. It's drastically different than me. And so it's been a good ride. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Because I thought you pulled him off beautifully. You certainly did. Thank so, you. <laughs> just wanted to say one thing about the Zoom, um, yes. which is uh, it, it just so happened that I was mostly in two scenes. So the Zoom worked really well because it just so happened that, you know, the way it worked, Sarah's square was right next to to mine so I kind of did feel like I was looking at her and uh, the same thing with um, Jamal when he was playing Toby and I was playing by you know I felt I felt like I was actually being able to 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 look at them so I I I didn't feel like I lost a lot by being on Zoom well it's funny because what I felt was like because I was in the uh, the middle, uh, strip of the Brady Bunch and I was right in the middle and I felt like I'd gotten a hot light spot on stage <laughs> when it wasn't, shouldn't yeah. have been mine. That's what it felt like. So it was like, don't move because it's not yours. <laughs> but you have to do something. I mean, it's, you know, it's a very, it's a, yeah. it's an interesting thing. I'm like, where do I click drag myself? Where would be a list? Ah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. I found it really depended on the scene for me during this process. Um, when I play Viola, it's so much about connecting human to human. And I felt it very um, easy to find that character, get into that character. With the scene in which I play Olivia, 
you know, when this is staged, so much is happening physically on stage. You know, Malvolio's coming out acting crazy. There's, there's often a lot of like, he's getting too physically close to Olivia. Um, you know, when Olivia reenters with Violet, that short little section, she's often, um, chasing him and there's a lot of, there's a lot of push pull. And I think, you know, I, if I could do this for another seven weeks, <laughs> I would, I would explore how, how do I, um, get that experience or at least that, um, that push pull energy because I, I, I don't know if I ever really found it or really found the character in, in that scene fully. Maybe because I, I, tend to be a very physical person. And so with the physicality lacking, I feel like one of my senses has been removed in a way. Well, I think what you have done over time is you've, you, you, you've taken it on your feet a lot of time in your room, which has made a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. And by the way, you got the bedline perfectly today. It was so <laughs> wonderful when you invited him to bed. I just died. It was <laughs> And I know that was a struggle to get there, but you found it perfectly. For those watching, I kept trying to deliver reaction a line. was divine. Mm. For those watching, I kept trying to deliver a line about getting Pavel to bed as strictly as possible, and Liz just kept feeling like I was propositioning him. So <laughs> but I've won it. today. I've won today. <laughs> totally got it. Yeah, with where the other ones. Um, what were you doing on begged? borrowed you did something uh, totally different you convulsed it was very interesting i did it came out olivia started giggling um at the at the the thought i don't know what happened but i started giggling and then had to calm myself down so whatever it was it came out naturally well it was natural it was fun um you know i don't have notes for you because i just had <laughs> a good time. I just noticed the bedline and a few things, little bits like that, because you would just, you know, I don't think this is the time to start saying, well, online, da, 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 da. I think you did something over the time that we had. And I think you brought it to a wonderful place with your absolute commitment to all the crazy things that we had to commit. Mm -hmm. And I, I, so I don't think, if, is there a scene you'd like to do again? Or do we call Nathan on? It's up to you. If you wanted to do a scene again or a section because you weren't happy, just say so. Otherwise, I'm totally content to say you did wonderfully and leave it at that. Well, I wonder, actually, if it's all right. I don't want to be selfish here. Um, but if I could do that little section with Viola in the middle of the second scene and and just thinking about the two of us, um, as if we were in motion, even if we aren't actually in motion, and see if that makes a change at all in the performance. If you'd be up for that, Michelle. Sure, sure. Is that fine with you, Liz? Yeah, of course. That's why I asked you. It's entirely up to you. I want to make you all happy. You've made me happy, so now I want to make you happy. So, okay. So, wait a minute. I've got the wrong scene. So, if this looks crazy, I apologize, but I might as well experiment while we're here. What yeah, is line do you want to start from? Yeah, what, what's the line number? Um, you know, if we could start from the end of your monologue, like around um, 200, Toby, and then maybe Michelle and I can, I don't know, 
come in with movement somehow and see what happens. Ooh, amazing. All right, so 200. So that's the end of Toby's monologue. Okay, so why don't you take it from this will so fright them both. Maybe that would be a good thing. Shall we therefore run on to the end so I can come on camera for the end? <laughs> why not? Because I didn't, um, you know, show see up. Guy on. Show up. We didn't see your carving knife. So, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Ready? Yep. This will so fright them both that they will kill one another by the look like cockatrices. <laughs> Here he comes with your niece. Give them wait till he take leave and presently after him. I will meditate the while upon some hard message for a challenge. I've said too much into a heart of stone and laid mine honor to a chariot. Oh, there's something in me that reproves my fault, but such a headstrong, potent fault it is that it but mocks reproof. With the same behavior that your passion bears goes on my master's griefs. Uh, here, wear this jewel for me. Tis my picture. Refuse it not. It hath no tongue to vex you. And I beseech you, come again tomorrow. What shall you ask of me that I'll deny that honor saved may upon asking give? Nothing but this, your true love for my master. How with mine honor may I give him that which I have given to you? I will acquit you. Well, come again tomorrow. Fare thee well. A fiend like thee might bear my soul to hell. Gentlemen, God save thee. And you, sir. That defense thou hast, but take thee to it. Of what nature the wrongs are thou hast done him, I know not. But thy interceptor, full of despite, bloody as the hunter, attends thee at the orchard inn. Dismount thy tuck. Be air in thy preparation, for thy assailant is quick, skillful, and deadly. <laughs> you mistake, sir. I am sure no man hath any quarrel to me. My remembrance is very free and clear from any image of offense done to any man. You'll find it otherwise, I assure you. Therefore, if you hold your life at any price, but take you to your guard, for your opposite hath in him what youth, strength, skill, and wrath can furnish man withal. I pray you, sir, what is he? He is a knight dubbed with unhatched rapier and on carpet consideration. But he is a devil in private brawl. Souls and bodies have he divorced three. And his incensement at this moment is so implacable that satisfaction can be none but by the pangs of death and sepulchre. Hob knob is his word. Give it or take it. I will return again into the house and, and desire some conduct from the lady. I am no fighter. <laughs> I have heard of some kind of men that put quarrels purposely on others to taste their valor. Like this is a man of that quirk. Uh, no. His indignation derives itself out of a very competent injury. Therefore, get you on and give him his desire. Back you shall not to the house unless you undertake that with me, which with as much safety as you might do that against. Sir, no. His indignation derives itself out of a very competent injury. Therefore, get you on and give him his desire. 
Back you shall not to the house unless you undertake that with me, with which with as much safety as you might answer him therefore on. Or strip your sword stark naked for metal you must, that's certain. Or forswear to wear iron about you. This is as uncivil as strange. I beseech you, sir, do me this courteous office as to know of the knight what my offense to him is. It is something of my negligence, nothing of my purpose. I will do so. Signor Fabian, stay you by this gentleman till my return. Pray you, sir, do you know of this matter? I know the knight is incensed against you, even to a mortal bitterment. <laughs> but nothing of the circumstance more. I beseech you, what, what manner of man is he? Nothing of that wonderful promise, read him by his form, as you are like to find him in the proof of his valor. He is indeed, sir, the most skillful, bloody, and fatal opposite that you could possibly have found in any part of Illyria. Will you walk towards him? <laughs> I will make you a peace with him if I can. Oh, I shall be much bound to you for it. <laughs> I am one that had rather go with Sir Priest than Sir Knight. I care not who knows so much of my metal. Why, man, he's a very devil. I have not seen such a farrago. I had a pass with him, rapier, scabbard, and all, and he gives me the stuck in with such a mortal motion that it is inevitable. And on to the answer. He pays you as surely as your feet hits the ground they step on. Oh. They say he has been fencer to the Sophie. Oh, and I'll not meddle with him. Ah, but he will not now be pacified. Fabian can scarce hold him yonder. Plagued, and I thought he had been so valiant and cunning in fence. I'd have seen him damned, and I'd have challenged him. Oh. Let him let the matter slip, and I'll give him my horse, Greek Capulet. I'll make the motion. Yes. Stand here. Make a good show, aunt. Oh. This shall end without the perdition of souls. Mary. I'll ride your horse as well as I'll ride you. <laughs> I have his horse to take up the quarrel. I have persuaded him the youth's a devil. He is as horribly conceited of him and then pants and looks pale as if a bear were at his heels. There's no remedy, sir. He will fight with you for his oath's sake, Mary. He had better bethought him of his quarrel, and he finds that now scarce to be worth talking of. Therefore, draw for the supportance of his vow. He protests he will not hurt you. Pray God defend me. A little thing would make me tell them how much I lack of a man. Give ground if you see him furious. Come, Sir Andrew, there's no remedy. The gentleman will, for his honor's sake, have one bout with you. Oh. He cannot by the duello avoid it. But he has promised me, as he is a gentleman and a soldier, he will not hurt you. Oh. Come on, to it! Pray God he keep his oath! I do assure you, it is against my will. Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, love it. Thank you. Did you discover anything? Was that helpful? Doing it again? Yeah, that was helpful for me. It was wonderful for me. I felt good. Mm. <laughs> you were particularly good in that scene, I must so say. Clear. I nailed out. That for me, it actually did make a real big difference with with Sarah with you moving. Um, I, I really got a sense of the of of the urgency in the situation. It got it got me into the scene like very very quickly. Yeah, it was helpful for me too because I I really you know you were talking about um, you you kind of have your ramp up when you when you have the Olivia scene, and I've been struggling with I don't get a ramp up. I just come in at a ten. And the movement helped me feel um, the ramp up in a way that I couldn't just invent for myself in my head. I can rarely invent things in my head. <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I love the sense of play. Every time I do Toby, like I just keep being reminded and finding new ways that he's having fun doing this. You know, he's having fun making up this story. It's kind of like a joyful play. Like, hey, nope, that ain't going to work. He's a badass. Hey, yeah, yeah. Like that fun playness <laughs> of it, which makes me move a little bit faster. Um, So still splitting the difference there, but it's so much fun just, you know, messing with these guys, you know, it's just really, really fun. And Toby's having a good time doing it and discovering how to do it. He's like, oh, I did this. It's working. He's taking it. Okay, on to the next one. And so each time it works, it's like, oh, more. Oh, more. Oh, how do I do this? How do I do this? And that's fun. You could see you having fun with it, Jamal. It was so good to to see you get there when you were um, explaining about how you were so worried that it was out of your, you know, out of your range. And it's like it just shows you that nothing is right ultimately. Totally not It was great. I want to meet your dad. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to get him out here. We'll meet my dad. He's going to finally come out. Right. We'll have a get-together party and do the scenes for him. Yay! <laughs> live. We'll do them live. All right. So anything else anyone wants to say? There's Nathan. I was going to say we'll invite Nathan in. Hello, Nathan. Hello, hello. Uh, I, I have been uh, laughing and smiling and uh, just having a, a wonderful, wonderful time. <laughs> You know, I, I've been, I've tried to be present for as many of the rehearsals as I can, and it's, it's still so much fun, uh, to watch these scenes. Um, and, you know, as an actor, I know there's always things you're thinking about, or you might want to try differently. But what I loved, and I don't consider myself an expert on these plays, and, and even listening to all the rehearsals, it was just so clear. I just, I loved how clear the scenes were that, 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 I, again, even if there are little things you want to try in terms of pace or rhythm or intention, I could still follow what was going on. And, and I thought that was, that was so wonderful. Uh, and so I hope, uh, you know, those who are coming to this fresh, you know, had, had a similar experience, but I thought they were still so very clear. Uh, and, and so it was great. And, and, and Liz, thank you for uh, kind of jumping in and asking some of the questions I would have had. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, no, 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 no. It's a, there's, there's no assigning a role. Because I was being lazy and not wanting them to do, you know, do anything again if they didn't want to, you know, I mean, and I didn't want to give a list of notes. I stopped making notes. I, I was okay. enjoying yeah. No, that's great. Um, and, and, and again, those attending, if, if you have questions you want to put in the chat, um, I, I, this discussion I think has been fantastic. It's really, it, it's, it's so enjoyable for me, uh, to hear, you know, what's going, you know, anytime you go to a play, 
you know, you see something, you might still have questions like, well, how do they, you know, how do they craft that moment or what were they thinking about? So it's, it's so wonderful to get an inside look. And, you know, I'll just mention for those, for those watching, you know, a traditional repertory, it's, you know, rotating rep, the same company doing maybe different plays. And so what was fun and came up as a suggestion uh, from, from Brendan Fox was like, well, what if we had two directors working on the same material? Because Brendan was thinking, you know, as a director, you never get to see another director work on a play like that just usually doesn't happen. Um, but what would it be like to have them work on the, on the same material? And so while we could have done different plays, it was, I think it was interesting to work on the same plays. And then of course it gave all of you, all the actors, you know, more, more to explore within the same play. So, you know, as you're, you know, studying one character, you know, it's, you, you can kind of read through the play from different perspective and different lenses. Um, and, and, you know, uh, one of the great joys of Zoom is that we can, we have directors and actors on both coasts, uh, and, and sometimes they've been in the middle, uh, of the country. So, you know, the fact that everybody can, can, uh, come together and work on this has been, uh, really wonderful. Um, a few of you did talk about, you know, kind of playing against type or, or playing different characters and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's another wonderful part of, about these these workshops is that we can be you know conscious of of age and, and gender and and uh, 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 you know all those kinds of things. And I was curious if anyone else had any um, you know thoughts or feelings of like playing characters either different ages than them, different genders, different types. Um, you know, just what it was like to explore. I, you know, if anyone who we've already heard from or anyone else had uh, you know anything else to add on that. Well, I'd say I, the, the the thing about Mariah that I, you know, I love is her intelligence. She's really quite brilliant. And the thing that I'm miffed about uh, William Shakespeare in this instance is that she helps to set things up so beautifully, but she, she disappears. She doesn't get to come back and play with the boys. And there's no real... It's not because she has to go take care of Olivia. There's no, you know, she doesn't get to come back and, and, and keep making mischief with it. Her reward ends up being, you know, drunken Toby, and it, it, which is what she wants. But at the same time, it's like, gosh, the girls should get to play in this too, you know, <laughs> work on it. But that's, that's a modern day take, but it's also a frustration. As an actress, sometimes mm-hmm. you get in companies and, and you see so many male roles that you're like, Oh, Oh, would I love to take that on? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love to do that. I'd love to. Try. I think one of the funnest things I ever got to do was read Malvolio or in, oh. uh, not Malvolio, but, um, uh, uh, Mercutio. Oh, sure. Yeah. And it was so, I was like, ah, what a steak dinner. You guys get some really good parts. And I think that's, that's sort of part of the, the selfish things about, um, where I want to go back and, you know, pick Will out of the grave and go, kush, 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 kush. but, um, so it, it's an, it's an interesting position to sort of just stand in. I think it just Mariah, particularly in this moment, it, it, like every time we've done this, I've like scrolled through and I was like, no, no, I'm off. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I don't come back on. Oh, mm. Okay. <laughs> you know, because it's just like she's getting ahead of steam. She's having a lot of fun. I always, you know, I often wonder then we have that with so many characters. Did, did he need her to come back as someone else later? 
Right. Exactly. That is that why that character mm. disappears? You know, right. Because he was in some instances working with a smaller group of actors. Absolutely. It's a little bit like that. The perfect example is Cymbeline with uh, Posthumus and Clotten. Mm. Yeah. That was doubled. And to see them, which was perfect because he uses them as sort of a twin circumstance and. Yeah. You the know, first time yeah. I saw Twelfth Night ever, um, they doubled Mariah. They they combined the characters of Mariah and Fabian, so mm-hmm. that Mariah could be there for all of the duping scenes. Oh, and yeah. I had never read the play, so I didn't know it was anything but that. And yeah. every time I've come back to Twelfth Night since then, I have felt that outrage of, but it was like this once. <laughs> Just yeah. once. Well, Fabian, Fabian sometimes gets the axe when they need a smaller company. Fabian's the one that either gets cut or his lines get divvied up with everybody. I always thought of Festy and Fabian. Yeah, Festy and Fabian. Why do they drop Festy and have Fabian come in? Hmm. Festy's got a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's great to hear the, 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 well, the modern day perspectives and, 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 and I mean, I think it's important that, you know, these plays are, are, are living that we still, you know, we, we still explore them from our perspective and go, well, what do we want to, what do we want to do with this? Uh, you know, not, you know, not subverting necessarily the, the story or the playwright's intentions, but just what are we now bringing to the story? And, and I think, uh, you know, Jamal kind of articulated that with like, where, you know, who am I and what am I bringing to this character that, you know, uh, someone might not, uh, immediately see in the character around the page, but you know, is, is clearly a part of Jamal. Like, I mean, I think in Jamal, you're just one example of people, of someone having a lot of fun with these parts, uh, you know, and uh, Janet, I think you're another example of, you know, you get to play two very different characters and having a lot of fun with both of them. Uh, and, uh, and, and they're both male characters. So, you know, whether or not you would be cast in these roles, I don't know, but you did a wonderful job with them. So it's, uh, it's, it's really great to, to see you get to explore that. Well, um, it is happening and it just takes directors willing to do it. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm working on a play right now. And Oberon is being played by a woman, and she's playing Oberon as a man. They haven't changed Oberon to a woman. She's simply presenting mm. this character as a man, and it and it works brilliantly. And and there's it's seamless. And there's no reason why every director in the world can't choose to make that choice, given the fact that these plays were originally performed with men in, oh, in drag as women. So sure. oh yeah, <laughs> literally, it just takes a director deciding to do it. Well, a, a, a director and and sometimes artistic director and, and producers, you know, willing to you know uh, uh, go. Okay, is this going to alienate our audience? Uh, is we're going to have any paying customers? Because unfortunately, you know, yeah, you do get that intersection of art and commerce. Uh, and and yes, the artist is just like, well, you know, all of that to hell. Like, let's just do this. Um, well, and you know, and you know, there is also value in the in the exercise of playing in a period situation where you don't get to play with the boys right and how you uh, as an actor you know it's like uh i don't know if anyone's familiar with there's a wonderful book called clamorous voices oh yeah <laughs> and it's an interview with uh five chicks it's paolo dion Sodi, uh harriet walter sinead cusack uh uh um juliet stevenson and uh fiona shaw and they were all still in the RSC at the, at that time. Uh, Paolo Dionisotti wasn't. She was sort of the elder of the group. And it's just basically them interviewing and talking about a, a decade period 
playing women in Shakespeare. And they talk specifically about like playing, um, I know we're getting way off topic. I am, um, Kate in Taming of the Shrew and Paola Dionisotti does it at the beginning of the decade they're talking about. And Fiona Shaw does it with Brian Cox at the end of the decade. And they talk about it's cheating to do that last speech tongue in cheek because you've just worked the whole play through. And if you do it with the modern thing with sort of a like, yeah, put your foot on my hand. Right. Cause right, this is right. it. you've blown the whole play. It's, 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 it's fascinating. It's a great, it, I don't even know if it's still published, but if, if you can still, get, can still it, get it. Yeah. It's I've recommended <laughs> it to people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, I think Harriet Walter very famously worked with the uh, Phyllida Lloyd playing like Henry IV or something like that. I mean, she, or, it, you know, one of and, the. And uh, she also did that. So she did three, three plays. Three, they did. There were three of them that they were. Oh, it was oh, Walter, class. And, and Harriet Walter did the leads in, in, I think all of them, but yeah. Yeah. She played oh, Tempest. She played Prospero. Prospero. Yeah. And, um, oh God, what's the third play? Brutus and Julius Caesar. Julius Caesar. Yeah. yeah. And they were in a prison. In a woman's prison, yeah. It's they all set in a woman's prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're hmm. pretty powerful productions. Very cool. Well, the I, times I, are changing. <laughs> I wanted to grab a question from the chat. Peter, uh, who has kind of been along for some of the rehearsals sitting in, uh, he was curious how the actors have fed from the other actor playing their part. And, and this may, of course, somewhat overlap with, you know, the other scenes you're working on with, with Brendan. Um, but, you know, was there any thought about trying to be similar to the other person, deliberately different, you know, how, and, and I guess specifically with today, we have the Olivia and Viola's switching. Um, so, you know, how did you two approach that uh, as actors? I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I found it very inspiring to watch the others working on the same roles as me. Um, both, uh, each, each of these gals, particularly with Viola, um, I kept noticing how they, um, found really, um, uh, raw truthfulness in a way that I was having a tendency to, um, hide and, and, and step back. And seeing both of them encouraged me to go further in Viola's straightforwardness in a way I don't think I would have found if I hadn't been watching both of them. And it's not about imitating. It's just about um, the the qualities that you see other people bring to the role. And you go, oh, that's really cool. That's not my natural state. I, I want to try to stretch myself in that way. So I, I just found it wildly helpful. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is cool to be able to watch, you, you know, because you may be cognizant of your own limitations or the things that scare you or fear you or places you're not comfortable in, but to be able to see another actor go and do that, then you as a third party can be like, Oh, that, that does work. I don't know that I would have been able to push myself to get there, but I can see it works. Mm-hmm. So now I do want to push myself to try it out. And of course, it's the old stuff that we used to do at Antaeus with the doubling. Sure, like yeah. Watch your partner in a rehearsal, and you pick up things and see things you never think of doing yourself. And it can be great fun. It can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think. Did anyone else want to uh, add to that? Um, I'd say, like, uh, with oh, sorry, Jamal, were you starting to speak? 
I was about to, but you started. So you go ahead. I'll be here when you're done. I ain't going to know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I, that it's, it's a, it's sort of a funny thing that it's, it's like, it informs you on also on a subconscious level. It's like, uh, like reading, like reading an interview with somebody like a Harriet Walter about their performance when they performed this role that you, you not, you don't necessarily literally, you know, there are moments where you go, Oh yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. But, but the influence of that, you take it in and there's a ghost of it somewhere living in you that comes into, I think, what you end up doing. I mean, it was, uh, she d- doesn't get to play Mariah as long as I did in this little bit, but being able to watch Janet work, you know, with her Mariah was lovely. And also it, it informed me to watch her work on Malvolio and Sir Andrew as well. Because her, her comedic timing is so brilliant and it's so easy and, uh, it was inspiring to me. And so I, I just wanted to see more from her Mariah. That's, you know, but like I said, we neither of us had huge Mariah chunks. And so it was, but it was really great to watch. And, and, um, and I, I think it would be fun to play sisters or something on stage at some point. With Jan. <laughs> I'd love it. I'd love it. We'd have a good time. Yeah. We, we, we got to write a, uh, a spin-off play of just Mariah, right? What, what Mariah is doing uh, the rest of the time. I'm telling you, she's interesting. She's one interesting cookie, Mariah. She is. She yeah. is. Jamal, you had something you wanted to share? Yeah, I was going to say, I just like watching everybody and listening to everyone. We all have our way of getting into the language. And I know for me, I have the, the, it's not a struggle. It's just a beautiful challenge of building this work and getting to your end point for now of like getting the character close to me. And so seeing us like speak the language and then seeing that line between ourselves and the character kind of go away where you don't see the difference. And it's beautiful to see everyone become one with the character in the way that they do. That's inspiring inspiring to me the way we do that physically with voice and tone as well as with the speech alone as well mm-hmm. um you know i'm a physical guy first i gotta get into my body you know i think culture and ethnicity is big to me so i need to feel honestly i need to feel a little black but if i'm gonna do it it gotta feel it has to be a little distance from the rest of the world i gotta get the culture in there because i want my people to come see shakespeare and so finding how do i still stay on the line how do I still hit the T's without being pretentious to the people who look like me who didn't right. grow up in the, yeah. you know, cause you know, we're, we're Shakespeare scholars in this room. All my people that's coming to the theater aren't. And so I'm always thinking about what is that line to bring my community closer to this work? And so I love seeing each individual figure that out for their voices with their mm-hmm. characters because it mm-hmm. looked different for each person here. Each of mm-hmm. us are thinning that line between me, this character, this classic text in the modern world we're living in, how we're looking at it today. And so when you look at each person working on their thing, you see each person validating themselves within the life of this text and coming to life within that. And I love seeing that happen because then it helps me also be freer in being me in this. Because we all, it's Shakespeare, you know? So we all come to it like, this is Shakespeare, you know? Um, so I love watching and listening for all of those little details where you become one with the character with freedom. I gotta say, you know, because I'm, watched you and I really respected the journey you were on because you stated it in rehearsals several times, how you were trying to find that marriage and being authentically you and bringing your culture into it. And today you, you were, that line was gone. It was you and it was authentically you. There wasn't anything that like 
popped in a weird way or anything. And my God, I laughed every time you said, I'm going to ride that horse. I <laughs> loved that. Oh my God. But watching your journey with that very specifically to what yeah. your goal was that you set out, I thought, I thought you nailed it. I and thought the thing you was really that did. the clarity was always there. The clarity, Jamal, was yeah. always there. And, and yet, and that was my, my favorite line. I was thinking, Jesus, I, I, Will Shakespeare wrote it to be said like that, <laughs> you know, I'll rather. <laughs> and the other thing, and, watching Janet, you encouraged me to really n- not be self-conscious, to go for the character. Because boy, you were playing Malvolio flat out. You were playing Aguchi flat out. I mean, there was, that was just, you know, you, you had no fear, no fear. Thank you. They're great roles. I mean, to get the opportunity, I know when we were starting out on this, I said to, um, Aunt Nathan, if we're allowed to ask, <laughs> I wouldn't mind a crack at Malvolio. You know, we never get to play these parts and, yeah. Um, it is interesting looking at Malvolio as well, as you say, what's the influence of the, the influence of the other person playing the character? Just even today for me, um, knowing, um, Jamal plays Malvolio in another scene. This scene is such an isolation scene. It's kind of hard to do Malvolio in the one scenes that he has because he changes very drastically between scenes. But it, it really was just seeing, um, Jamal's doing his that reminded me of this puritanical side of him. And I was really trying to work on that today. Let's not let go of that. These people don't change and become completely different. Right. Sure. He's had a, a life altering moment, but he's still the puritan. We, uh, uh, you know, we have to keep that in somewhere. And it's been great. Well, Liz has created a very safe space for us to all do that, actually. Thank you, Liz, because there's nothing better than being freer, right, than, you know, in rehearsal. So. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I love hearing that. And, and I, I think, you know, with a number of the characters, we were talking about Jamal, or Sir Toby, that, you know, I think very often you can have these ideas of like, well, th- this is what a Sir Toby is like, or this is what an Olivia is like, right. or whatever. And, and, uh, it takes a lot of courage to just do your own thing and not feel like you have to play into that. And, and, uh, I think, you know, uh, many of you, uh, displayed, uh, an extreme amount of courage and just going, I'm just, I'm just going to do this like me, or I'm going to find my own path because that to me is exciting when you're just like, okay, I, that, that's totally different than I ever expected. And it works like, and now that's going to be, you know, maybe not the standard, but like I'm going to carry that because it was so different and so clear, but so authentic to the person. So I I think a number of you did that with your work. Uh, It it was really great. Um, We could clearly talk for a a much longer period of time. Uh, I I am, you know, I I do just want to ask, you know, since you guys had so much time, with these scenes, you, you know, it was actually funny enough about the same amount of time that you had with the month long just spread out. But because you're working over seven weeks, there was just more time for it to kind of marinate and you to think on it. 
Um, what were some of the highlights of what you were able to uncover or discover through the rehearsal process or whatever? Um, uh, Garrett, you've been quiet for a little bit and, and your work was no less brilliant than anybody else. I, I love, I love the differences between Festy and Fabian and some of your deadpan stuff is great. Um, but, um, did you have, uh, did you have anything you wanted to share just in terms of your, your journey with, you know, um, uh, experiencing this play over, over the seven weeks? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a big question. I, I, I think that the one that's probably hit me the most more than the others is I was actually not in the scenes tonight. It'll be in the scenes on Thursday with the, the Duke Orsino, uh, part. Um, I, I think the one that was most interesting for me of these was just the, like, festy to me almost seems, seems very, so, oh, the word is like sardonic. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking the word is sardonic, but it's just like very like this. He can be fun and pessimistic. And it was, it was interesting to see how, you know, you could take this character and just be like lighthearted and, and fun, but he can also be just incredibly pointed and, uh, um, dark. and dark, you know, uh, absolutely. Like I've never, it's, it's so human and so real to have this comedic character also be one of the characters who does some of the darkest things in the play. Um, it's just really fascinating. Like I, I remember going through and reading that scene again with new eyes too, as we talked about it, but uh, the, we don't get to do, but the, um, Oh, what's the, the character he plays when he like traps Malvolio and he and he uh, becomes not Topus. Uh, yes, Topus. Yes, 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 Topus. Yeah. I remember reading that scene again as we were going through this. I was like, "This is messed up. <laughs> this is so bad." And there, I I don't know. There were like moments of this play that you when we were coming out again with fresh eyes, uh, where I was I was really surprised at how many things get glossed over and how like played comedically when they're they're not funny you know, and they should just be played almost earnestly. And it's been fun to like kind of relook at the play in that lens. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, as an, as an actor, again, that goes, it goes into the discussion of, of expectations of like, Oh, well, this is the fool or this is the clown. And then you read about what he does. And, and as an actor, you have to, you have to marry all that together of like, okay, who, who is this guy? And, and, you know, and, and then, you know, like, where does he, where does he well, land? And where is he, you know? Text, as we kept saying, if you trust the text, you'll find yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I mm-hmm. think that was it. Can I say something about doing of this for weeks? Um, what was wonderful was every week, nobody ever came in doing the same thing that they'd done the week before. It was always a growth or new ideas. I mean, and it was really exciting to come in each week and just say, okay, where are we today? And we were always somewhere new. And um, uh, so, yeah, if we went on for another seven weeks, we'd have all sorts of different things happening, I think. But I think it was it was nice to have that happening. I think, as you said, probably because we were doing two bigger scenes, the amount of time was perhaps not more, but the... Time to think in between was what was mm-hmm. so valuable. Yeah. And then yeah. you have the different framework of being then with Brendan dealing with the same play, but different scenes and different characters. There wasn't, for me, there wasn't really a conscious thing that I, 
I carried in knowing I was going to rehearse with Liz today versus rehearsing with Brendan. But it was an interesting, I think unconsciously it like worked on me to keep things loose, mm. carrying one experience in a different rehearsal room, so to speak, into the other rehearsal room and then back and forth. Yeah. It, it, and it happened on a totally unconscious level. I wasn't thinking about it, but it, there was, there was an openness that I felt that I didn't, I didn't feel like I walked in trepidatious, like, Ooh, should I try? I don't know at all. I didn't, didn't double think it at all. That's great. That's great. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's a joy when there's a, a mix of, you know, you know, people, you know, who've been doing this for a while and, and people that are, you know, coming to it with, you know, fresh ideas and new ideas and, and all that kind of stuff that, that, uh, you're all, uh, open to being nimble enough and, and, or were nimble enough and, and open to being, you know, just, uh, malleable and flexible with that. It was, it was great to see. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled that, uh, Liz, that was your experience that, you know, everybody was coming in with ideas. It was, it was like jazz every week. You never knew what you were going to get. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but that's wonderful. Um, I, uh, you know, Again, we could keep talking, but, uh, well, we'll probably wrap it up here unless, you know, if, uh, oh, and I, I gotta remember, I said I had, I had a, an announcement. I don't want to miss that, but if there's anything else people I uh, want to share. Yeah, yeah, Michelle, please. Yeah. Um, for me, the big revelation, Liz, was your idea of the poise because I always had a real problem trying to reconcile the Shakespeare, particularly the verse with a more modern with with the emotions with 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 the character thing so it's not just words you you know you how you and particularly in those two speeches with that that olivia has the one that starts um give me leave beseech you i did send after the last enchantment the idea of taking that slight pause made such a difference to being able to navigate because that those those two speeches that that one and then why me thinks it's time to smile again truly is an emotional roller coaster going from you know besotted love to cutting sarcasm to uh, you know almost weeping and having that ability to to it it, it the, uh, the poise was uh, was made it so much clearer so much easier to make what were, were almost like you know uh what do they call it when they do a a a, a really sharp u turn um uh you know hairpin turn or something like that? yeah hairpin turn hairpin turn those 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 two uh, speeches are full of hairpin turns mm-hmm. and without the technique of the poise it would have been much, much more difficult to even approach getting to that kind of, uh, 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 of being able to, because you're thinking as you're speaking yes. and feeling as you're speaking, and particularly in Shakespeare. And that for me was, that was the, uh, probably the most critical revelation for me, which I will definitely utilize. Good. Awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, well, if the cast can stay right here, you know, and, and I'll, I'll, as I wrap things up, um, I, I do want to say, so I, I'm really thrilled that we were able to do this repertory thing. And again, uh, if you haven't already got your ticket, you can sign up and come back on Thursday and watch uh, the same company of actors do all Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, and the plan right now is we're going to take the summer off. Uh, and then September, we're going to do something new. We're going to work on checkoff. We're going to try uh, some checkoff. And uh, it looks like Libby Apple is going to be leading those sessions. And if you're unfamiliar with Libby, uh, she's the former artistic director of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, former artistic director of Indiana Repertory Theater, former uh, dean of theater at Cal Arts. Uh, she's a Kennedy Center Award winner. So, and, and she has had this, as she calls it, lifelong love affair with Chekhov. Uh, she has written translations of the plays, which we're going to use. Uh, so that's what's coming up. Really excited to just kind of keep exploring and, and seeing what we can do and, uh, bring these kinds of people, you know, together. So, um, you know, uh, if that is, uh, you know, of interest to you, we'd love to have you, you know, part of that, uh, you know, whether you're attending or, or be part of the scenes and we'll have more information, uh, as we get closer, but, uh, so thrilled you could be part of this. So, uh, again, uh, uh thank you all for your attending. What's that, Liz? I said they can be sisters. Yeah, yeah, there we go. We got two of the three sisters. Or maybe all three. We can do four sisters or something. Yeah. Well, you gotta have Natasha. You gotta have the sister-in-law. There we are. Here we are. Right here. Bang. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Hey, it's Nathan here one more time. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to that uh, entire presentation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love going back. I mean, every time I watch these, I'll learn something new. Uh, the work is just so fantastic and so deep. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. So I hope you really enjoyed that. Uh, and like I said, the plan is to roll out more of these. So please stay tuned to the podcast uh, or YouTube. Um, you know, I'll really, I'm really making an effort to, uh, you know, put more of this out there and not just uh, hold on to it and wait for someday. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're not on the email list, go to workingactorsjourney.com. Um, that is usually uh, where you will find out first about things that are coming up. You know, where I first shared about uh, Libby being part of the rehearsal room and anything else that's going on, I probably will be able to email about it first before I'm able to get it out on the podcast uh, or YouTube. Maybe social media, but email is, again, going to be your best bet. So workingactorsjourney.com. It's free to sign up. You can even get uh, a resource. It's called 10 Ways to Stop Worrying and Start Working. Uh, some of the uh, best advice from, I think, the first two seasons of the show uh, in a PDF. So you get that immediately when you uh, sign up. Uh, you get that free. And then you'll get ongoing notices of what we're doing. So that is it. Hope you're having a great rest of your day. Look forward to sharing more with you soon. And take care. I'm Nathan Agin and enjoy the journey.